So in autumn, we tend to find that uh, now through winter, really, but it starts now that deer and rabbit tend to eat more things than you're used to. It's kind of, you're seeing some pressure there. So some of their things that they like to eat were that frost as they, as they go dormant, they're going, Hey, where's the stuff? Where's my favorite stuff? It's no longer here. It doesn't taste as good. It's more brittle. What's going on? Or the nutrients aren't there. They've all reverted back. So a lot of perennials, they hibernate underground. And so their top growth goes brown. And so they're after that sweet, juicy, sappy, soft, delicious uh, top growth, but now it's now it's hybrid underground. So now they'll they'll mosey around the yard, your gardens, your uh, the neighborhood, trying out new things. And so there's some plants I thought I would just touch on some techniques to keep deer and rabbits out, um, and then maybe some plants that are less prone to that. So let's let's go let's go into that. First of all, uh, deer proof, rabbit proof. There's no such thing. You know, so I've got a list here at the garden center called deer and rabbit proof resistive <laughs> plants and with some techniques on, on uh, how to keep them out. Uh, but really it's, it's resistive a deer. I mean, they're kind of like cattle. They've got two stomachs. And so they've got a front and back and sometimes they're eating things they normally don't eat. And they're going, Oh, this is uh, it. The texture's good. And then it gets, then it starts to go, Oh, wait a minute. I didn't, that doesn't make me feel so good. I think I'll just move on. So, so graze things, even though they're not really eating it, they're just bored or they're trying things before they eat it all the way to the ground. But uh, really the only way to keep deer and rabbit out of the yard truly is uh, a fence of some sort. So physical barrier. I found that, uh, you know, you read all the uh, articles and they say eight foot fence, that's a minimum you should be on. No HOA is going to let a an eight foot fence in there. It's just too big. It's too expensive. I found that a six foot generally works pretty well too. So six foot will keep them out. Uh, fit, I mean, elk and deer. So, you, so we've got some elk in Skull Valley now towards Baghdad. There's another herd out there. And of course you folks up in that, as you go up the elevation towards Williams, that's when you started to get into elk country, Payson elk country. So strawberry elk country. So about six foot. And I think what it is, they can jump it, but you know, again, remember they don't have health insurance. There's no, there's no uh, emergency room to help them. If they break a leg, it's over. And so they're kind of cautious. They'd rather not. If there's anything around besides that, they'll do that. And so a fence, I've had good luck with the electric fence, especially on with rabbits and with javelina. Really keeps them out. About javelina, I've got a, a, a wire a foot off the ground. It's 12 volts. It's not going to electrocute them. Little piglets, they're so cute. They're not going to be harmed. Uh, but it just shocks them. They're going to go, whoa, what's going on? Uh, the whole herd freaks out and runs off and they don't come back. So it just spooks them. Uh, in uh, in the orchard, we had we, I raised my family in Skull Valley. And so they grew up on ranches and farms and we farmed orchards and barns and you know, 4-H projects, all that kind of stuff. And so down there, we'd put a new, let's say an apple tree. That's one of their favorites. Deer love fruit trees. They're just so sweet that the, the wood is sweet. The fruit is sweet. Everything, the leaves, de delicious. They like them. So we plant a new tree. Of course, they're noticing right away going, hey, there's a new plant. Let's go try it. We'd put a, a just regular field fence. You know, the typical six foot buried in the ground, pounded in the ground, down to about chest high, put field fence around it. But here's the insider tip. We're in horse country. 
And deer, the way you keep horses or meat in your barn, you know, they, they like to nibble on stuff. You put electric fence right there or you keep them or you keep uh, any more cattle, you keep them in with the electric fence. So the deer, they know those little yellow insulators. Well, I'll get zipped if I get near those. I get that's like painful. I don't want that. And so we put a, a dummy insulator on that. There's one they make at the end of those fence posts. We just put one on just four corners, put one on it, never put a wire in it, never, never electrified it. Just we, you, they know it's a scarecrow effect. They know don't, don't reach in, try to get in there. We'd let the tree grow up until deer, we'd let them prune it up to about where they can stand about six, six and a half foot high. And then that's the perfect level to prune a fruit tree in an orchard because now you can drive the tractor, you can kind of kind of move things around. It's perfect. So that's kind of that's so we keep it there for two, three years, push the growth, and then, then take that field fence off and all was well. Um, repellents. There's actually a, a, some scented things, granular and uh, granular works really good in a flower bed to keep rabbits off. They get the the castor bean oil or the the garlics, uh, the rotten eggs, they're different. They're all organic, but they get it on their feet and they kind of preen and go, oh, this is what just happened. Don't go over there. Bad things happen every time. So repellents work really well. And then there's some that you spritz on the foliage. They're organic. They, they really work out. Of course, your grandparents, they use blood meal. They just sprinkled blood meal around the yard. Good fertilizer. But the reason they did that was fertilize. And then as a repellent, uh, when when rabbits or, or uh, when when things smell blood, they're going, "Oh my gosh, my my neighbors just got it here. I can smell the blood. Something's going on. Stay away." It spooks them out, and so they kind of it gets a barrier. The problem is you have to reapply it pretty often. That's the same with human hair. You hear that's an old wives' tale. I don't find it works that well, but if you can get enough, maybe. But they smell the hair. They go, "Humans are here. Be careful. Guards up." Problem is. It fades off so quick. It just, that hair smell, the human hair smell goes away faster. So scented soaps, you'll hear uh, ivory springs sometimes. Generally, it works sort of. I think they get used to the smell is what happens. And so they keep moving on. Really, you're better off putting plants they just don't like. And start with herbs. Herbs, so rosemary and lavender, and, you know, all the herbal families, thymes. Generally speaking, animals don't like herbs. I know we do, but they don't like that scent and that smell and the oils. It doesn't sit well with them. So catmint, uh, parsley, uh, sages, they don't tansy, all those herbal things they don't like. Uh, you can walk your neighborhood too and see, see certain plants. So walk your neighbor, you'll find they don't eat forsythia bushes. So they're right there in the neighborhood where that herd of eight deer are, are roaming around. They don't bother those. So hollies and junipers, uh, the natives like Mahonia and Cotoneaster, uh, they don't eat those. So Nandina, you folks from California, heavenly bamboo. They don't, it's a beautiful plant, but it's got a sap in it. They don't like to eat. And so kind of watch some of those. We can help guide you through some of that, help you. Uh, trees, we're finding some, they're starting to scrape the bark off the trees. So they can especially uh, of tasty trees like like aspens, cottonwoods, sycamores, maples. They can kind of rub the, the bucks will rub the velvet off their antlers. And then sometimes in the winter, they'll just eat the, the bark underneath, the, the, the wood just underneath, that cambium layer underneath the bark is super sweet. That's the living tissue. And they like to peel that off and eat it sometimes. If you see that, come see us right away uh, before it calluses over. 
Uh, you can spray it with some some black paint or, or pruning paint is what we call it. You spray it right there. Then we wrap it with a with a tree wrap. There's a brown one that looks very natural. You'll, you're basically bandaging that, that plant to keep the deer off, to, to repair the damage, then to keep the deer off. They're not going to mess with that, um, that, that tree wrap stuff. So the tree likes it and it keeps the deer away. Quite honestly, if you, if you do have deer in the area, they're going to be, they, and you notice them going after your tree trunks or lower branches, I had really good luck. Now, this is not in any book, but it's per, this. My name's Ken. We're just gardeners sharing over the airwaves. This worked really well in, in where I had elk and deer. Now they're eating on my walnut tree. Oh my gosh, I couldn't keep them off. So I took some some bird netting. So regular old bird netting you put over a, an apple tree to keep the birds off. So peaches keep the birds off. I just lightly floated that three times around the trunk, staple gunned it. So it's like this floating netting. But they didn't mess with that. They were not interested. It took the pressure off immediately. And so they didn't bother. And I couldn't see it. So some of these, you know, they make deer fencing put around. It was orange. It's ugly. I don't want to see that in my garden or around my trunks. Bird netting, you don't even see it. It doesn't, doesn't hurt the plant. So just some, some insider tips. Come in and ask for our deer and rabbit resistant plant list. We can give you the grand tour, show you. If you got a lot of pressure, we can show you how to kind of compensate for that. But you can have nice gardens and be in this wildland interface where lots of animals roam around. You can have beautiful gardens. Be right back after this. <music> 